Welcome to Making the Lemonade with Abby Brown and Lottie Trick. Positive news podcast proving when the life gives you lemons, there's always an opportunity to make lemonade. So Lottie, how are you? How was your trip to Glasgow? It was fantastic, thank you. It was really great. I'm all about Glasgow now. If you haven't been, need to go. Fantastic, great. Um restaurants particularly good vegan options every restaurant i went to had a fantastic selection um cop itself was a real mixed bag um and as you can hear i've come away with the relatively relentless cop cold um but there you go well, that's going around at the moment isn't it everyone's <laughs> getting a little sniffle a little cold it's because of winter it's cold <laughs> i know i'm taking lateral flows like there's no tomorrow i got my hair cut today and i went in and i was like it's not covid oh not covid oh just just in case you didn't hear i don't have covid like an absolute creep they it's were actually like yeah, mad, isn't it like, no one cares <laughs> you just have a cold <laughs> it's like i promise it's not covid <laughs> but you literally no. just have a common cold I know, and people at work are like, oh, do you feel all right? And like, yeah, it's not COVID, so it's fine. And you're like, I, I can barely move. <laughs> but you actually feel really rubbish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How does Glasgow compare to Edinburgh? Mm. So I went to Edinburgh, the, I went, did a little bit of walking, then went to Edinburgh and then over to Glasgow. So saw it when, during my trip. And obviously it's a fantastic city. Um but there it's obviously much more touristy and that kind of main street which has um a lot of fantastic kind of landmarks but yeah there's a huge amount less tourists obviously there was lots of um visitors when i was in glasgow for the conference but um it's more a laid-back city i would say has different kind of areas though so kind of older areas and um things like that but yeah edinburgh as well is obviously beautiful Lots of hills Very though, beautiful. lots of hills yeah, and are... I had a big bag abs and I paid through the nose to get rid of it for a day and I thought I don't even care because I cannot, I cannot drag that around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> did you enjoy the last podcast of Jessica and I? Obviously, Oh, you did a fantastic editing, job, yeah. you did a fantastic job. You had a lot of fun, which meant that the edit... Uh, which I do was very challenging Um, and on a Sunday night I was cursing your names but I laughed a lot and um, particularly enjoyed the twitch marathon confusion which must be something something that it would have absolutely been something that I would have been confused about I'm still not completely clear and I'm not convinced that you really know either if I'm completely I don't think I do either this is our penultimate episode of season two and then we'll be doing our little festive episode so yeah it's mad how quickly this one's gone I Mm -hmm. feel like the first one was really long and this one's so so quickly but I guess we've both been super busy and Christmas is upon us. Oh, very exciting. Will you be putting up your tree on December 1st, as expected? I won't be. I will be in Dubai um, Mm. until the 6th. So probably that weekend. um, Don't really know when. I haven't really thought past Dubai. Sure. Yeah, I'm very, you know, busy gal, keeping it week by week at the moment. Like, need to actually buy Christmas presents. I'm at that stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's gonna hit me soon, but that's okay. Plenty of time we get back. I'll just go to the shops or something isn't it? with everyone else that's rushing and buying Christmas presents last minute. Yeah, absolutely. And then by that time, it will all be very festive, so you'll get more yeah. the buzzy 
Christmassy feel. Go for a mulled wine or you know, oh, nice. late night shopping. Nice. Is late night shopping still no. a thing? Yeah, it's got to be. I don't know actually, because most shops actually do open quite, still quite late, don't they? I don't know. I guess living in London, yeah, but I guess yeah. it's not that it. normal. Sometimes when we go home, and then I'll be like, "Oh, I'm gonna. Oh no, it's five p.m. Everything's gonna be shut." Yeah, and that's it, true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's just like a southwest thing that's like on a Thursday, Late it will open till ten. <laughs> Imagine doing that shift. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, gross. Imagine doing the Boxing Day shift. That's oh, what I was thinking. I did it. Hotel Chocolat, gross. thank you very much. It was horrible. No. It was so miserable. No. No. Not for me. No. So thanks for all those people who do do those shifts, but they yes. should just close all the shops. No one needs to shop on Boxing Day. No. No one needs to shop on Boxing Day. Well, that's our opinions. Um, <laughs> let's get on with uh, story one. you remember that in season one when I was having one of my many phone issues I told you about um, a law a European law that was make, maybe basically making it easier to repair phones well this is somewhat of a development on that story um, oh lovely yes like <laughs> a little bit of a callback that will be make yeah. sense to absolutely no one um so you will now be able to repair broken iphones at home after apple agreed to make manuals tools and some parts publicly available the move follow follows pressure from the right to repair movement which campaigns for home repairs to be made easier to prolong the life of products Apple will make screens, batteries, and parts available in the US and EU from 2022, but only for the iPhone 12 and newer models. Oh, right, okay. Campaigners, <laughs> campaigners cautiously welcome the move, but said spares would need to be affordable. Bowie Mikolajczak of Right to Repair Europe said, this move represents a major reversal from Apple, who have spent untold millions lobbying against legislation which would require them to do this right to repair leg legislation covering washing machines fridges and tvs came into effect in the uk and eu earlier this year that is the story i'm referencing and campaigners are petitioning for other items including phones to be included in the law lovely i think my dad actually appreciate it's not not part of the story but it is part of a phone repair has repaired his own battery before on his phone and he got like about 50 different glasses like magnified but actually he would have spent less time if if this was in place i think i actually could ha have been told that story through yeah potentially my dad i think it's probably the talk of yeah it's the talk of the, the town he managed to <laughs> change his battery on his phone he felt he felt like a god absolutely sell it on <laughs> so good news not great, great news. news for those who couldn't care for phone um fads and have slightly older phones but moving in the right direction nevertheless have you seen blackfish yes in the documentary yes yeah. have you also been on holiday to sea world have you been to any of them no no, it's a nice little intro into what my story is about. <laughs> so, 
Recently, it has come out that Expedia are stopping selling holidays that include experiences with captive dolphins and whales following the changes to Expedia's animal welfare policy. The company will continue to sell tickets to seaside sanctuaries that provide captive animals with a permanent seaside living environment and if they are accredited and do not feature interactions or performances. SeaWorld parks in San Diego and Florida are among those that will be affected, having struggled to combat public perception of its park since the documentary Blackfish in 2013, which I actually didn't realise it was out in 2013. Also, just to add in. What did you, when did you think it was made? Well, it was just a long time ago that I just thought it was not that long ago. But, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, just threw me off guard. <laughs> Animal rights group PETA, which is the People of the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Is that That's right? quite traditionally um, pronounced as Peter, but fine. Peter, PETA, Peter, PETA, Piper, Piper. <laughs> anyway, that animal rights group congratulates Expedia for officially re- rejecting cruel swim with dolphins encounters and SeaWorld prisons. They also urge people to take note and do their part by refusing to support such animal exploiting operations. Wildlife charity World Animal Protection called it amazing news that would hopefully prompt change throughout the industry. Catherine Wise, the charity campaign manager, said travel companies play a huge role in driving captive dolphin entertainments and as one of the largest travel companies in the world we are delighted that Expedia Group are making a stand. Wow okay and as someone who went there as a child obviously early early noughties um how do you feel about that story and decision? Yeah I think it's a great thing I think having watched Blackfish and I spoke to my parents about this and having known it what we know now if we knew it then we would never have gone and I think my parents are horrified um I think that's the same with a lot of people you just don't you don't know um Mm. but I think it's really good that it's highlighted now um and definitely kind of a a good step in the right direction for sure and I think obviously you kind of get um like aquariums and stuff that are really good for science basis but actually this isn't an aquarium this is actually keeping like larger animals captive so yeah, there's lots of pros and cons around it, but I do think it's definitely a, a positive step in the right direction. Mm, absolutely. Like so many things, you learn something, you know, you do something in the past and you maybe learn something about it or you learn about how it's made or the consequences or its impact. And you actually, you know, think, do I want to be a part of that and do I want to support it? So that's the main thing, isn't it? People learning about the um, how these animals are being treated and then kind of thinking, is that something I want to be part of? So... Yeah, that's really good news. More than half a century after it was declared biologically dead, the River Thames in London has seals, seahorses and even sharks living in it, a study revealed this week. The State of the Thames report compiled by the Zoologist Society of London, the Z. SL noted a significant improvement in water quality since the 1960s. It also reported an increase in the presence of birds, mammals and fish, including taupe, starry, starry smooth hound and sir and spur dog sharks. <laughs> I hope your brother and Tash don't listen to that because they're going to be very critical. Um, very critical. 
it has a remarkable turnaround for the waterway, which has been the subject of conservation efforts. However, the report was bittersweet. It found that climate change is increasing the water temperature by 0.2 Celsius annually, with likely consequences for marine life. What's more, pollution from sewage spills are also on the rise. However, London's new super sewer, due to come online in 2025, should help fix that. Meanwhile, the ZSL is creating seagrass and salt marsh habitats to further boost biodiversity. So sharks in the River Thames, I'm all for bringing it back, but sharks in the River Thames, just to me, it doesn't sound right. Because when you think of sharks, you think Australia, other hot countries... But nonetheless, very good news. Yeah, and I guess these will be probably not, you know, your great whites. These are your babies who don't mind being in cold water. Yeah. I don't know anything about sharks, but... No, I can't imagine they'd be great whites in the River Thames. I feel like more people would be talking about it. Is this, do you think, off of the back of COP? Or do we think it's just... What, that they injure two sharks and seahorses into the Thames? <laughs> well, this will be a nice publicity stunt. Let's chuck a few of these in. Oh, you never know. <laughs> I think the report the report will have come out in with, with COP, as has been the case with mm. all the environmental reports apparently on the planet, um, just to get the get the publicity the buzz off the back of the conference so yeah i think the that's why the report would have been published then unesco has designed the world's first biosphere to span across five different countries which are all in europe the new biosphere reserve covers an area of 700 kilometers and includes parts of austria slovenia croatia hungary and serbia the basis of the biosphere is a route along the Mura, Drava and Dunby rivers that wind through these five European nations. Really hope I've said the rivers right. Yeah, I don't even I, I don't even know if they're right. You could be so far wrong that no. I don't even recognise them. So let's just push on. But we've gone with confidence. So let's yeah. just, you know. Nice. Also known as the Amazon of Europe, the biosphere is a precedent setting as a multinational effort to curb ecological destruction. It is the largest river-based protected area in the entirety of Europe. So what is a biosphere and why is it important? Biospheres are crucial for ecological restoration as their UNESCO protected status ensures an area's biodiversity and ecological structures like floodplains are protected from outside destructive interests. The Murrah, Drava and Dunby biosphere will protect floodplains, forests, sand and gravel banks, steep banks and backwaters. It will also look after a huge number of animal species, including the high density of breeding white-tailed eagles in continental Europe. Claire Baffert, who is the Senior Water Policy Officer of the WWF European Policy Office, says it is In its biodiversity strategy, the EU pledged to protect 30% of the EU land and seas by 2030. The creation of the Muradrava Dunby Reserve is in line with ambition of the EU Green Deal. The decision to protect the Amazon of Europe is a beacon of hope that should be replicated across the continent. Wow. So, a bit of a tongue twister in some of them. (laughs) But... 
but we got that. <laughs> Nonetheless, got that. we are doing our bit with protecting the biosphere. So is that one piece of land? Have you seen an image? No, I think it's like a lot of land. Like, because okay. it's, it's across the river. Do you know what I'm saying? So the river runs through these countries? Yeah, yeah. So then the land around it... Around it. Interconnected across the countries? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eating a nutrient-dense diet filled with fruit, vegetables, beans, tea and your favourite Abigail coffee could help protect you from developing dementia, new research has found. A study led by professors at the National and Cappadocian University of Athens followed roughly 1,000 people in their 70s and examined their food intake. The research found that a third of the volunteers who ate the least of the aforementioned foods were three times more likely to develop dementia over the three years they were tracked for the study compared to the third of volunteers who ate the most of those foods. The diets consumed by the group who were, who were deemed the most healthy comprised on average three servings each of fruit and vegetables each day in addition to four servings of beans or other legumes each week. Additionally, they consumed around 11 cups of coffee or tea each week. All the volunteers lived in Greece and had an average age of 73. None of them had a history of dementia when they started taking part in the study, which was published in Neurology, the medical journal of the American Academy of Neurology. What did I tell you about coffee? No. Honestly, it's great for you. But 11... Along with your veg and your fruit and veg, yeah. He, that's... 11 cups of tea and coffee a week, Abby. Do you think that you have that? Do you think you have much over, a lot over that? Say you have two or three a day. What's that? Three times seven. I have over that. <laughs> 21. Yeah. Hey, I understand, but I'm going to take from it that I'm drinking my coffee for those reasons. Okay, <laughs> lean into it. I can see that. So Lassie, would you put the TV on for baby Otto? Probably. For those that don't know, this is Lassie's family dog. Who's still a pup. I probably would go radio, but he has been known to have the TV put on for him, yes. Yeah. I mean, we used to do the radio for ours and we the house. Mm-hmm. But there is now a specific streaming site, a little bit like Netflix, all for your dogs to watch. Wow. So... It's six ninety nine a month or fifty nine ninety nine for the year, and you get access exclusive content for your dog. Wow! Now this story actually made me laugh quite a lot, and I appreciate it's a really good idea. But it just I could just see your family doing it, or you know, mm. I just yeah. They have scientifically designed programs into three segments that are scheduled based on our assessment of a dog's daily cycle and designed to keep your dog happy throughout the day. So one of these channels is stimulation. So programs with playful animated sequences of dogs, of other animals, and designed to prevent boredom and provide mental stimulation for the dog. Another one is relaxation programs with calming scenes and soothing sounds to keep your dog relaxed through the day and then you have exposure 
programs edited with limited exposure to sounds that help your dog get accustomed to things like car rides and doorbells. Huh. They also have a My Dog TV. So hundreds of fun, educational and entertaining programs for parents like The Dog Chef, Road Dogs, Pause for Love, Things We Woof About, The Adoption Show and Meet the Breed. I promise you I'm not trying to sell you this. I'm it's not, not what I'm here for, but it's just, you know. You sound like so, you work on QVC and you're working on commission. That's all I'll say. Maybe I am. Well, you'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there is on there, and I did watch it, a dog surfing, which was quite something. Um, you kind of get the different angles and the GoPro of the dog at the front. But yeah, this whole project is based on 60 different studies of which they learnt different things. So how visual stimuli can impact a dog's behaviour, ways in which exposure to sounds can help dogs become acclimated to the sounds and reduce their anxiety but also how dogs are positively impacted by listening to classical music than by other auditory stimulation. Oh, so maybe when I go home at Christmas, I'll put some classical on for Otto. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay, I'll do that. Or subscribe and give me a commission. I'm joking. <laughs> this is not what I was about. Will you be having an advent calendar this year? Already bought it. Oh, classic. What have you got? A lint. A lint one. Basically, story behind it. Last year, I waited too late, and then all the shops didn't have the one I always have, because I'm a bit of a princess, as you know. Mm-hmm. And then I had to order this other one, which was then, like, double the price. And I still paid it, but I just, yeah. So I thought I'd get in there early, and I can't have to be disappointed. You've avoided disappointment, and I respect that. You are a family who has always done advent calendars to to the max, and I respect it. Um, so yeah, yeah, we do soft ones and we yeah. do chocolate ones. Yeah, love it. Um, so this is a story about an advent calendar. So <laughs> there we are. <laughs> Um, More than 20 environmental health and social justice organisations have come together to launch what is being billed as the Injustice Advent Calendar. The free online calendar suggests 24 positive actions that people can take in the run-up to Christmas. Um, Charlotte Timpson, CEO of Tradecraft Exchange, the development charity behind the initiative, said... At its heart, Christmas is about connection and compassion, and the calendar helps us to do that while taking a stand against mass consumerism. So to get involved with the Injustice Advent Calendar 2021, simply head over to tradecraftexchange.org and fill in your details. For every day in December, you'll receive 24 simple ways to make the world a better place. While traditional chocolate calendars provide a tasty treat each morning, this is an ethical way to celebrate the festive season. I think you can 100% do both. I don't think it's an an either or situation. Absolutely. And each daily task will follow the same rule. It will always be free and it will always take less than five minutes to complete. The tasks might be things like signing worthwhile petitions. I like that. I'm going to sign up for it. I think I'm going to sign up for it as well. I think it's a really good idea. So, my last story is quite a long one. Oh, God. Buckle up. Buckle up. It's very heartwarming. So, keep 
stay with me okay. and it is about a teddy bear oh, Christ. So, <laughs> stay with me all right <laughs> Naomi Pascal had bought her beloved teddy a small brown bear with a button nose on a family trip to the sprawling national park Teddy was the first gift Ben and Addie Pascal sent to Naomi before she was adopted from, the, from an Ethiopian orphanage in 2016. Most of the kids in the orphanage, they all share their toys, Mr. Pascal told the BBC. But Teddy, Teddy was hers. When Ben and Addie flew to Ethiopia to meet Naomi and bring her home to Wooming, Teddy came along for the journey. Since then, her fuzzy friend served as a near constant companion joining Naomi on family camping trips and holidays. We were probably an hour from the trailhead and Naomi said, where's Teddy? My heart just sank. She met Teddy before she met us. It had become too late and too dark to go back and look and hopes of recovery the next day were dashed by an overnight snow, closing higher elevations of the park for the season and effectively cutting off access to Teddy. Addy Pascal put out a call on Facebook asking for anyone traveling to the Hidden Lake Trail in the Glacier National Park to keep an eye out. However, the teddy had already been found by the Glacier Park Rangers oh, conducting you. their annual post-season cleanup, of which they found a small soaking wet teddy bear buried in the snow. <laughs> Ranger Tom Mazarasi, who monitors bear activity in the Hudson Bay District, would, would normally have thrown it out. However, he had different plans. He said on Facebook, Bears are my passion. I just didn't have the heart to throw it away. There was something special about this teddy bear. So I adopted him and named him Caesar. Caesar then became Ranger Tom's mascot and sat on the dashboard. A family friend of the Pascals visited the park in September and spotted the Ranger's truck, took a photo of the teddy bear and sent it over to the Pascals. That night, Miss Hayden, the family friend, videoed Naomi, video called Naomi as she started screaming down the phone, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Naomi said her favorite thing to do was cuddle Teddy and miss Teddy really much for the year he has gone and also added, when I found out he was okay, I was really happy he was coming home to me. Mr. Pascal also added, the story has touched so many people's hearts and brought a sense of hope. So did the ranger give them the teddy? Yeah, gotcha. right, okay. a six-year-old. Well. I mean, it's an adult keeping a teddy, so I don't know if he had some kind of attachment. I think that in itself is questionable. But lovely story. Absolutely wow. lovely. Yeah, thank you. I Sorry. think the ranger was probably, could get rid of his teddy bear, do you know what I mean? To a six-year-old child. Well. You never know, but. That's lovely. Very, very nice. Yeah. Just thought I'd, a little heartwarming story. Yeah. Got a tear to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> So that is the end of the penultimate episode for season two. Thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to learn more about the stories that we've told or maybe sign up to the advent calendar that we spoke about, then you can just find the links in the show notes. Lovely. Can't wait for the last one as we tail into Christmas and get all festive. I can't wait. Christmas stories only. Yeah, I did think that. Absolutely. Nice. All right then. Well, I look forward to that. Um, enjoy Dubai, Abby. Speak soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye.